Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is my friend, Angela Wagner. Angela, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I know. I'm looking forward to this. It's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah, it has. But I was just thinking how exciting it is. It's my third time. <laughs> it is. It is. Very few people have been on the show three times. Um, and you're, you're one of those people. And we'll talk more about that. But uh, on this episode, Angela and I are going to discuss the challenge and the need really to, to set and manage boundaries related to your personal lives and our business. You, I'm sure you've given that a lot of thought. There's a lot of talk about that. Uh, so, because if not, then we get consumed by our business and we can lose sight very easily of what success really means, why, why we started this business to begin with. If you want to receive more information about the Howa business, including the show notes page for this episode and to schedule a free coaching consultation with me, as well as a lot of the resources and a special offer that Angela is going to share with us, just go to thehowabusiness.com. So let me tell you about Angela. For those of you who may not recall from previous appearances, Angela Wagner is a life coach, a yoga teacher and trainer, a wife and a mom of two young children. She has been working in the health and wellness space for over 20 years, and she helps women go from feeling stressed and overwhelmed to living a life of a life with simplicity, joy and purpose without adding a million more things to their to-do lists. Angela started a career in wellness as a personal trainer and group fitness instructor. Her tendency towards feeling high levels of stress led her to practice and teach yoga. And in 2004, she opened Yoga Sport, a very successful Dallas yoga studio where she taught power flow yoga and created and led many life coaching programs. And then in 2020, as a lot of us had to be forced to transition, but in part because of COVID and other reasons, she transitioned her yoga studio and coaching business online and is now serving a global community of women working to live a more joyful and purpose-driven life. Angela lives in the Dallas, Texas area where I used to live. And so once again, Angela Wagner, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I know that a lot of the messaging around what I do is around women. That's really who tends to be drawn in. But for any men listening, we actually always have men in our classes and our programs. So if this interests you, don't think you're not welcome. <laughs> Good point. Great point. Uh, yeah, I, I take it all in. You've, you've mentored me in, the, in many ways in that respect. So absolutely, I think it applies to everybody who's involved in business and trying to juggle a personal life as well, which we all are, right? Absolutely. So you were my very first guest. Not only are you three times uh, a guest on the show, but you were my very first interview guest. You were on episode two of the Howa business. That's so wild. When was that? Like 2016 or 2016. So? Yeah. 2016. Wow. I launched the show in April of 2016. So it would have been around that time frame, April of 2016. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested in, in more details on, on uh, Angela's interesting journey, she had, she was in the, in marketing as a career. And then for all kinds of different reasons that she shares there, explored yoga. And so that whole transition, that whole story, which is very uh, enlightening, very inspirational, 
that's all in episode two. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, you'll get more about that. And then as, uh, as we've been mentioning, I had her back on episode 324. And there we explored this incredible transition that you made uh, from a brick and mortars yoga studio to your online business now. So we explored all of that back in episode 324. But on this episode, we're going to talk about boundaries. And so I, I thought you'd, we'd, we'd start with Angela, maybe you sharing some of your personal story about business and how it you know, could have taken over your life or maybe did for a period of time and, and how you got to that point that led you to focus more on this. Let's start there if we could. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my journey is really like kind of ebbed and flowed. Um, I've been doing my own thing for almost, yeah, I guess it's been 20 years. Oh. Um, mm. So, you know, there's been different stages and I, I grew up as an entrepreneur, right? So I started when I was single and then all the different parts of going through life has been part of that as well. So um, I, but mo most recently, I guess, certainly since COVID, you know, I became just like so many women um, sort of instantly responsible for homeschooling the kids. And um, I also am just, like I said, a really high stress individual, anybody that likes the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram six, which, which means I like actively look for threats in life, which is really great for during COVID. <laughs> and, um, and then just, you know, shut my brick and mortar and all those things. And so 2020 was for me, and I think a lot of people about reactions and survival. And I kind of let go just a lot of, well, pretty much all my boundaries were gone. All of my self-care, it was just uh, get through it, you know? Um, and so and even actually, let me backtrack a little bit, even before COVID, I had been suffering from really debilitating migraines. I couldn't practice yoga anymore. I couldn't put my head down. I was in the doctors nonstop. Um, and, you know, and then COVID happened and it was all just sort of this wake up of like, wow, okay, <laughs> the limits have been met and your yeah. body is telling you that you can't let your work take over your life. And, you know, I started my career as a yoga studio owner when I was 26. And so I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't even have a husband, right? So I could spend all my waking hours building and creating and working with the team and doing all the fun things. And it was also kind of like my playtime as well as my business. And so, you know, I had to learn over the years how to manage that and how to not make it my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And so a couple of things I want to explore there. One is, and I've struggled with how to ask this question, but it's kind of a loaded question. Why do you think early on back when you were 26 and you started the business that you were willing to, or why did you put so much into it and sacrifice so much of your time and effort? What, why did you do that? Well, I think one of the things for me, and I think this is probably really common with entrepreneurs is when you open up what I call a passion-based business, right? So like I loved yoga. It changed my life. I loved everything about it. I wanted to help other people. So for me, my work was my hobby, was my joy, was my, all the things that feed mm -hmm. me, which is definitely not healthy. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but it, it basically became my complete identity. And then it also was my friend group, right? So I invited mm -hmm. all my friends to come and then I made friends there and then, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. it was really this 
And, and a lot of, it attracted a lot of people my age at the time who were also in that same stage of life, who could also make it a huge part of their being. So they were there late nights, they were teaching classes, they were taking teacher trainings all weekend, you know? And, um, and so in that, at that point of my life, that's what it was, but that's, I kept trying to do that (laughs) when then I got married that I had a different life and that I had kids and, you know, and it, it wasn't a healthy way to, to be anyway. Yeah, the, the reason this fascinates you so much is because partly ask it because the only way that I ever knew how to do business and still to a big extent is that especially during those startup years, you have to make sacrifices. I mean, that's I talk about that on this show all the time. I believe that. And so we're going to talk about here today about how do I put boundaries around that. But I don't know of any other way than to be all in, especially when you're first launching a business, right? And I think that as entrepreneurs, we're, we're wired that way. And it was also modeled for us. You know, I think of your dad and I'm sure, you know, that's the way he was successful, right? It was heads down. It was put in everything it takes to get this business launched and then to continue to make it successful, right? That is how we have learned to do business. What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. But I think that like a huge difference, it's interesting that you brought up my dad is that like in his generation and his time, there were no cell phones and there were no computers in the way that there are now. So there was a time where you stopped when he came home, he was with the family, that's a good you know? Point. Yeah. And so that's one of the things for entrepreneurs and, and even people who that a lot of my clients are like working corporate, it's really very similar as far as a lot of the work boundaries, but not having a start and end is absolutely not okay right? Like you have to have strong boundaries because, because of our phone being our computer, being everything, right? It can take credit cards. Like it can do every part of our business in our hand. Good. That's good. And that's also really bad. Um, And so I think, I mean, do you want me to give you a few ideas or? Yeah. Before we get there, that, that is such a critical thing though, that that is one of the things that has changed for us is that now it's almost impossible I could argue to shut it off, to, to check out because you've got that technology in your hand that allows, you know, the, your staff, uh, whatever customers, uh, everything can access you 24 seven. And so what you're going to get into in a moment is boundaries, how to, how how to limit that, but that is what has changed, isn't it? Or one of the big things. And I think, you know, it's interesting what you said. And I always um, push back on this with people. They say like, it, I can't remember what you said, but something like it's impossible and it's actually not impossible. We have decided as a culture that we are available all the time. We have decided a culture that when someone calls us, we need to answer the phone or when they text us, we need to respond immediately. And that really goes back to just the fact that we have decided that we are available all the time and we're not going to set boundaries. And so because 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 it comes from this thing, I I, and I get what you're I'm going with you on where what you're saying, but it comes from for me. It is a, a misapplication of this thought that I have to be all in all the time to make this business successful. Well, yeah. And that was another thing I was going to ask you. And I would ask everyone is to ask yourself, what does it mean to be all in? All in cannot mean you give up your health, your wellness, your sanity, your, all those things for a business, like, because that's not sustainable. And that's certainly, we'll get into it later. That's certainly not why you're doing what you're doing. So I think we want to reframe our mind. And that's why I think mindset and mindfulness, a lot of the work that I do with my clients is so key. And it's not really talked about a lot in entrepreneurship, which is really a shame because 
we get into owning our own business, we're told things like, you got to be all in, you got to work really hard. It's going to really be hard for a couple of years. And so we create these really unhealthy habits. People end up in the doctor's offices, popping pills, feeling terrible, right? Gaining weight, all the things being on antidepressants. I mean, the whole thing. And then, and then here we are 10 years in going, was this worth it? You know, Um, exactly. And having paid a tremendous price uh, in all, in all ways. And some, some things that are not, not repairable, like our relationships, right. Uh, Or maybe not, maybe that's not the right term, but, but damage is done, right. That you can't, you can't get that time back that you didn't spend with family. So I think that what you're going to then help me with here is that both things are possible. I can put in the work and the effort and I can sacrifice other things like watching TV or going out with my friends or whatever it might be that I occupy my time with and still have these boundaries. Is that fair? I think so. I think so. And we can talk a lot about that for sure. There's, there's a way to do it for sure. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not going to have spend time certain times of your career, putting more effort in, of course. Right. Yeah. I call those crunch times. And I think we have those in business and career, whatever, but it can't be continual crunch time 24 seven for years on end. Yeah. I mean, the word that I always go back to with all my clients, whether we're talking about business or really anything is sustainable. Is it sustainable? So we're talking about wanting to create a mindset and habits around something that we can sustain and maintain for a lifetime. And that's going to ebb and flow. And that's going to look a little different depending on, you know, if we're launching a product or we just lost our full-time manager or whatever, but in general, we want to be working towards sustainability. Yeah. I love that. All right. So let's talk about some tactics. Let's start with the the one you brought up, which I think is, is so critical is technology and setting boundaries around technology. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably like that, that branches off into almost all of them, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it's such a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so I wrote down a couple of different ideas that we can talk about. So yeah, let's start with that one is that the phone is always available. So I always was the person who was like, well, if someone emails me, I need to respond. And it's like, but do I need to respond right now? Right, so I think, right. um, what I did was, I mean, you, ha- you kind of have to look at your business and decide like what, what needs to be available immediately. Like I've had managers of mine that didn't have their work um, email on their phone and they were just at the studio, you know, nine to five or whatever it was. And then they put it down and then I could text them, but they had that boundary. So they weren't responding. Now I, I'm the type of personality that I need to know what's going on because I'll be more stressed if I don't at least see the email. But what I've now said for me, and this is where you have to really individually decide what boundaries make sense for you. I don't respond from my phone unless it's what's the word urgent, critical, urgent. Yeah. So for me with my stress levels, it's helpful to see what's happening because otherwise I think about what's happening. Like, it, like people will say, go on vacation and just check out. And I'm like, what I realized over the years that that actually makes me so anxious because I am like, I'm going to come back to fires. I'm going to have 200 emails to go through. So I would just sit on the beach and I would just go through and delete what I needed to delete and then just look at stuff and not respond. So at least noon. So you just have to kind of decide for some people, it's going to be taking the email or whatever off your phone, or like, I don't have Facebook on my phone. Um, so there's, so let me ask things. you about the emails when you're doing it during time off vacation or whatever, do you allocate a certain amount of time, time of the day? How do you manage that though? Yeah. So generally speaking, I have kind of set work hours. So what I decided this last year, and this is 
kind of two things. I would recommend you have a start and a finish to your work, especially if you're an entrepreneur like, like you and I are, where we're at home a lot, right? Yep. And so you do most of your work from, from your computer at home. So what I do is I do all my self-care stuff in the morning. Like I do my yoga. If I'm going to go for a walk, I do, you know, make sure I eat a healthy breakfast. I get for me setting up the house and making sure it's clean is really important to me because again, my anxiety levels, I need a clean space. Sure. So anything that might distract me during the day and that I want to do for self-care is done. And I start my work day at 10. So I don't schedule any calls. I don't do, I do not allow myself to go into my computer. I might check my email and just make sure there's nothing funky in there. Other than that, I don't start work till 10. And then from 10 till, you know, whatever it is, it depends on the day for me. Sometimes I pick up my kids. Sometimes I can work till six, whatever. Um, I can do all the things I need to be doing. So for me, I check email pretty regularly because I'm in there, but I know Nicole, who you've met my old manager, she was very, she had like set times where she was like, I'm in email twice a day and it's yeah. at 10 and it's at two. And right. that worked for her, that worked you know? For her, yeah. So and then going back to when you're on vacation, do you check it just in the morning or are you constantly checking emails for anything that might be critical or so that you know what's in there? You know, it depends. Like when I worked at the studio, I was able to really disconnect more because I had a full-time manager. So yeah. like I would just be able to put on an autoresponder that says, please contact Nicole at the studio. I'm out of, out of town. Um, mm -hmm. for, for now, for me here, it's different, but I mean, people know I don't have like as much to manage with my online business. And so people know they can text me and usually I'll see that. So I just kind of check it whenever. I mean, to be really honest, I haven't gone on vacation much the past two years since yeah, I've had my new business. That's true. That's true. So it's been a while. So <laughs> I don't have, I'm, actually, that's not true. I recently got email on my phone. I had didn't have it on my phone for years, but I do not check email on my phone unless it's like, hey, I just sent you an email. Can you look at this? No, but but I do not check email on my phone. My philosophy has always been similar to you, but I, but I'm different in that I don't. It doesn't matter to me even when I go, like in a couple of weeks, I'm going on a cruise for a week. I won't be stressed about not having checked email again. That's like you said. That's why I'm glad you shared that because what I love about what you're sharing is that everybody needs to assess and be honest with themselves as to how they can set boundaries. It's different for everybody, right? I think so. And I think it's so easy. So many coaches out there will tell you, and this is why I struggled for years. Cause they'll tell you like, well, don't have your email on your phone or don't do this or do this. And what I realized, and quite honestly, I worked through it with a, with another, with a therapist because she would say like, well, because of the way that your anxiety is, let's talk through what are the things you need to feel right. calm exactly. when you're on vacation. And I was like, yep. Thank you for that permission. You exactly. Know? That's exactly what it is. It's permission to do and adjust depending on your needs and where you're at in life. So for me, so for me, that's not the issue. The people who need to get me in case of any emergency have my phone number, they can call and I will answer, but it's limited people who have that access. I have my do not disturb set on after, I don't know what time of night, I think it's nine o'clock. And so no calls get through except for my daughter. That's it. My daughter and my wife, those are the only two calls that would get through. Otherwise, I have to have seen it and decided I was up where my, my boundaries get completely blurred now because of where I am in life. I do not have children at home. And like you said, home officing, like a lot of us are doing certainly now is I work. I don't know how many hours a day I work, but what I have done, Angela, that does work for me is I work in my in the time frames and the time blocks that I'm most productive. And yeah. so that works for me. 
I think that's super helpful. One of the things I did, and again, you just have to kind of get creative is I noticed, especially during like the first year of COVID, I had a laptop and so I was working and, and it, part of it was really, truly out of necessity because my kids would be, you know, with somebody working on school or sometimes I'd be with them. So I had my laptop just literally everywhere and the boundaries were just awful, but that's always how I had been even prior. So I invested in a really large laptop desktop. Um, I say large because it's not easily moved. And so I do move it when I have to teach my yoga classes because I move it into the other room because I create like a, a virtual studio, but I have to go into the guest room where my computer and desk is in order to do work. And so I don't check the laptop ever. So the only time I'll ever be on the laptop is when I take it when I'm going on a trip, like I'm teaching a yoga retreat. So I'll take it, but what's I've gotten so much more comfortable, like to one of the other things, and this is something you really want to watch out for. (laughs) I'm going to give you a little, like the yoga teacher is going to come out, but people, people's health is really deteriorating because of the way that we work and we're not set up for the way that we're like sitting for eight hours a day. And so a lot of times laptops are one of the worst things for your body. Uh, Absolutely. Because of the alignment is about the worst it can be, isn't it? Yes. You're hunching forward. You're having to look everything about the way that you're sitting is completely unnatural is going to eventually give you headaches, neck pain, all the way down to your feet, back, you name it. So what I did was I had somebody come in, a friend of mine and help me like set up the levels of where, you know, where do things need to be for my shoulders, for my eyes. And so now that I know that I hate the laptop because it hurts, you know, but it also helps me set a boundary because I'm not just like tempted to go respond to somebody real quick, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that, that point. And I, I guess I hadn't thought about it, but similarly for me, uh, I do have a laptop, but it stays at my desk connected to a large monitor and separate keyboard so that I have all of those alignment issues. So I don't, I don't have it on my lap and the couch while I'm also doing other yeah. things. Yeah. 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 I mean, things like not bringing your laptop into your bedroom, right. Um, not doing any kind of work in your bedroom on your phone, anything like you just have to really be clear with yourself about when you're working, when you're not, if you're working from home, because you have to have your mind has to have a place that you can go to that's safe. So our ho- our home is supposed to be our safe space. And so one of the reasons, there's so many reasons, but one of the reasons that we as a society are so stressed and anxious is that our boundaries are, com- we don't have them anymore. And right. so we don't have a safe place. Like when my, my dad used to come home from work when I was a little kid, like it was a safe place, right? It was friendly family. Mm-hmm. There weren't all these constant alerts and notifications going off. And I, you need to respond to this. It was like, this is my time. And so we have to be vigilant about protecting our mental health. And this is one of the ways to do it. One other thing I want to bring up that I think is so important. This was a big one for me. I have a feeling that you have this one handled, but I think some listeners might be able to relate is that thinking that everything is urgent in your business. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to ask you, that was going to be the follow-up question is I think what results is you have to prioritize what's most important. And as I say, the rest is noise. Yeah. I mean, I used to think that if a client wrote me, I needed to respond to them, even if they were like, it was a studio and they were calling to cancel or something. And I'm like, what, why do I need to get back to them right now? Like, (laughs) right, right. You know? Yeah, it's um, a matter of so it's a matter of prioritizing what's most important. So, how do you? I'm, I'm always curious as to how people, what is their system or method for prioritizing what's most important in that block of time that you've given yourself, you know, from 10 a.m. until the kids are home from school or whatever the case might be. How do you determine what's most important? I'm curious. 
Yeah. So what I do, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of different things I do, but I can give you a couple quick tips. So one of the things is I have on Sunday nights, I have a little meeting with myself <laughs> and I have a whiteboard and I lay and I write out all the things I, my appointments, you know, zooms, podcasts, plumbers coming, you know, things like that. And the times so that I have this visual of what the week is going to look like. And then I, then I make a separate list of all the things that are essential for me to get done that week. I, I've been doing this for probably the last six months, really consistently. And it's absolutely changed my life. And then I'll pick three for each day. There's three things, no more that I'm going to tackle. I have like this huge list, right? But I just focus on those three and some days maybe I get one done or half of that. Cause it's a big meaty one, but, um, you know, I am someone who lives in perfectionism and I will get caught up on the stupidest stuff. <laughs> and I'm working with a new business coach now. That's just like, she won't let us do it. She's like, stop spending time on that crap. Like, yep. do you want to make your business successful or not? And so it's been a lot of tough love, but it's really good. And I'll ask myself, is this going to move the needle? You know, I love that. I love that. And then how do you manage your schedule? What tool do you use for that, for the things for that time block, for it's time to pick up the kids for it's workout time for it's a call time. It's, you know, time for this podcast. How do you manage that? So I'm an Apple user. So everything is integrated. You know, I have my, my calendar on my phone, which is integrated to the, you know, my Apple computer. And so everything is on that. And so it's just an easy way, but then I'm still like very visual. So having that whiteboard where I can look at the week at a glance is really helpful for me. And how does your husband, John, how does he come into, how do you bring him in to get alignment on the things that, you know, you need his help for or understanding or whatever it might be? You know, I think I've been in it so long that for the most part, I mean, the, the things that he's involved with are pretty minimal now, you know, he has his own career and he, he works kind of late hours and things like that. So when we're home, we really try to, we try to step back from work. I mean, he does take, like I teach virtually on Sunday morning. So he'll take my class and he'll help me set up what I call the virtual studio. You know, he's kind of my AV guy. <laughs> um, but, but, and once in a while I'll send him some emails now that I don't have a full-time manager, I'll send him some stuff. And just like, I need a separate set of eyes to edit this sales page or whatever, you know, but um, in general, I really have stepped back from asking for his help just because again, boundaries, I'm trying to really have home be home, you know? I see. Yeah. All right. So related to that and that boundary, and I've, I've gone back and forth on this as to whether, for example, when my wife and I will go out to dinner on Friday night. Is it out of bounds to talk about business or is it okay? For me, I, I, it's all mixed together and it's okay. Uh, that works for us. But what are your thoughts on that? And how do you set boundaries there to this point that you're making of separating that? How, how do you do that? Yeah, you know, we, um, I, again, I think that's so individual, like where you are, like when you're going out, do you need that relief from the business or like, that's actually a time where I tend to connect with John more and tell him what's happening because yeah. I will have done like five new things over the course of two months and he doesn't know about any of them, you know? Right. right. Um, and, and so it, there's part of it is that right. You it's important. And I think you need to share that with your partner. Uh, and it's important for them to acknowledge and understand what's going on in your life. That that's why I that's why I think it starts to get hard to separate the two things, because I do think there is an emotional need to be able to talk about those things, right? Yeah. When when you're having those personal moments, like going out on, on to dinner on a date, just the two of you. 
Yeah. And I think, again, like it probably depends on where you are in your life, and what you need. So for us, like we have small kids, we have five and seven year old. And so our life at home is 100% like (laughs) talking about survival mode, but you know what I mean? Like we have to feed them. We need to change them. They need to shower. They, you know, like they have this homework stuff we got to get done. And, and so we almost never have time to connect on those things. One thing we have committed to, and we've been working on more so is to not use each other to complain about things that we can't change in the business. And so whether it's his work or my work, right. We try to like, and and I don't mean like be falsely positive. Like, obviously if we're going through something, we'll talk about it, but like coming home and just being like, Oh, I'm so tired of this or blah, blah, blah. Like when they're, when we can't have a real conversation about it. So that's a boundary you guys have set as to what you do or don't focus on during that time together. Yeah. It's not, well, and I'm not saying we're, we're perfect at it, but it's no, certainly of course something not, but, we're but it's, aware but of. But it's something you try to be aware of. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah. All right. Other examples. Then we, we've talked about the technology. You've given us great examples like the whole laptop versus desktop, uh, the office, not bringing it with you, the bedroom being a, a space where you don't do work. Uh, uh, we just talked about how you plan your week. What else? What other tips or thoughts? on boundaries, especially we we've touched a bit on self care, but, but maybe we want to explore that a little bit more as well. Yeah, I think so. One other thing I had listed that is almost never talked about is like just the mental load of owning a business and not from a lot of people not being able to shut that off. And so that's where the mindfulness practices that I teach come in. Um, and I do a lot of things that's not just seated meditation, which scares a lot of people and understandably. So it can be very intimidating, but I do a lot of breath work practices. I do a lot of uh, visualization and concentration exercises. And so training your brain is 100% essential to being successful, like mentally with your really for your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, it's like a non-negotiable because it's just impossible without that training for most of us to be able to just switch and say, okay, well now I'm having fun, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so are these things that you use as kind of, uh, I'll put my words to it, kind of a calming method, or is there something that triggers to say, okay, I need to go do meditation or go stretch or whatever right now, because I'm feeling high levels of anxiety or do you have it scheduled? Tell me a little bit more about how you execute on that. For me personally or for my yeah, client? Yeah, for you personally. And then how do you recommend that others maybe start with that? Yeah, so for me personally, it, it really ebbs and flows. Like right now, I just um, last year did an in-depth breath coaching training. And so, and with my high anxiety levels, meditation's always been, I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years and it's always challenged me to a point sometimes where it's not, it makes it it's counterproductive. Worse. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Because you so, get so stressed about not being able to concentrate or meditate or whatever the state. Yeah. Is yeah. And, and that's, that can be really common for a lot of people. So it right is, now yeah. what I'm teaching myself and what I'm doing is a three times a day doing different breath work and mm-hmm. they're like five minute exercises and they're focused on depend, like they're different depending on the time of day or what, what you need. And it's, it's awesome because it's active, right? Like you're not, trying not to think or sitting there going, Oh my gosh, you are actively doing something. It's so incredible for, to relax your central nervous system, which is what generally speaking, most people need. Um, it helps you focus it. I mean, it helps you with things like digestion. I mean, there's just so many things that breath work can do. And so for me, that's really where I'm focused, but 
but I know I'm, I'm very easily distracted. So sometimes I'll do concentration work when I feel like, oh my gosh, I literally have 10 tabs open and I can't focus on one task, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And that's, that might be a trigger. You say, okay, let's take a step back here. Let me, let me do whatever exercise is going to help me with that. I think what I love about it, regardless of what you choose, meditation, breath work, whatever it is, it's a, it's a, it's a discipline and a habit to stop. This is the way I look at it, Angela, to stop and, and look at yourself. And, and that's what allows us when we take that moment to stop and look at how we're behaving or how we're feeling is the first step in, in doing something about it. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you think about, we all know, like we need to go to the gym or walk or do yoga. We have to work out our physical body. Um, and then we, we've been talking a lot over the last two years about how mental health is, is finally being talked about in a way that's, you know, I don't want to say more important, but it's, um, it's, it's like finally not weird to talk about mental health, right. Or that you're not weird if you, you know, have a quote mental health issue or whatever, right. We've had all this negativity and stigma around it. And it's like, we should be taking care of our brain in the same way that we're taking care of our bodies mm. or that we know to take care of our bodies. And I mean, our brain is like, we can't function without it. It's like the most important organ. And so, um, yeah, so beyond all of that, it's just absolutely essential to living a healthy life. And so when people say they're overwhelmed or they're stressed or they don't have enough time or they, um, are anxious, that's all coming from our brain. Right. right? And so the more that we can learn how to, um, train it, the better we're going to feel. And it, it means that we do have the power and the opportunity to impact that, to change that. Right. Um, yeah. Like, like you've articulated your tendency to have high levels of anxiety, maybe will never go away, but what you are able to do is to apply methods, techniques, practices, habits that help you manage and control that so that you can strike a balance. Yeah. And I think it really all goes back to self-awareness and that's something that you gain from doing the mental work. So right. like sometimes I mean, I used to in the past be in almost a panic attack and not even know that's what was happening because I just was like, that was a normal sort of feeling for me. Um, or not even noticing that I, you know, just binge watch shows every night that week because I was not really feeling my feelings or really upset about something. And so now I'm able to go through, you know, really crappy stuff in life and be able to go, wow, okay, <laughs> step back and notice what I need. And I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying I always make the best decisions, but I'm really generally aware, which yeah, is helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, like you said, it's a continuous thing. That's, that's the thing I think sometimes people get so, I don't know, frustrated with and give up perhaps is that, well, I, this, this week was terrible. Well, that's the way it is for all of us, right? We, we have to then regroup and go at it again next week or tomorrow. It's just, that's the way it is in life. All right, a yeah. couple of things before we keep going. There is a, a, a great free download that Angela has put together. It's called Setting Healthy Boundaries. Imagine that, what we've been talking <laughs> about. <laughs> so I encourage you to get that free download. I'll have a link to it on the show notes page for this episode. And then uh, Angela will be sharing her website as well here in a minute. But get that free download. It's, it's a little bit more, obviously, on what we've been talking about and a great tool to help you start thinking about that. And so my next question for you, Angela, is if I'm thinking of starting a business and I'm listening to this conversation, what are your thoughts and what advice do you give? Because you have clients in that situation. 
for going into it with this mindset of having these boundaries? What are the things that you ask people to think about as they go into starting a business? Well, I, I mean, I, I have people do a lot of soul searching and deep dive digging on why, why do they want, and not just like, okay, I want to open a yoga studio because I yoga helped me and I want to help others. That's, that's generally what people would say. And that's what I used to say. And that's true. But if you start going layer by layer by layer, okay, well, why do you want to do that? And then you answer that question and you go, well, why do you want to do that? And we say, go seven layers deep into your why. And you get really clear on what your motivation is. And then that can help you get really clear on your value system, on what you want to create. And not only what do you want to create for your business? This is where I think a lot of people make a mistake. And even when I work with um, a lot of corporate people, they focus on what they want in their career, but they don't necessarily focus on what they want to create in their life. And so they're like, so many of the clients I work at are making multiple six figures. They're, you know, they look amazing on paper. They have all the things that they, you know, um, you know, that culture told them would make them happy. And then they're now going, I'm in my mid forties and I'm not happy. And I have all the things because they, the whole time, no one was saying, Hey, but what do you want for your actual life? You know? Yeah. The scorecard was about arbitrary material, external measures instead of yes success in the personal definition of it. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, you might have all those things, but maybe you're 40 pounds overweight or you, um, have like me, I had debilitating migraines. I couldn't move, you know? I mean, well, shit, who cares how much money you make yeah. if, you, if you're or, miserable or relationships every day. With, your, with your immediate family, right? You're not, you didn't, you're not spending any time there. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm all of a sudden disinterested in my five-year-old's like amazing little world. Well, right. that's certainly not how I want to live. Right. <laughs> exactly. I think this is so huge, Angela. I think this is this is the big, to me, one of the big takeaways. It, because it also, if you don't have that clear vision of your why, as you explained very clearly going into it, or if you're an existing business now, you, you got to get that clarity back. Because what can happen is when we end up in this life that we've described, where it can be all confusing and intertwined and high levels of stress, I think in part is because we forgot or we never defined, to your point, what is our why? And often when I ask people, what is it that business does for them is it's, it's about controls, right? Control over time, place, you know, those freedoms that we all aspire to as entrepreneurs. But then, but then you look at your life and you, but, but I'm not realizing that. So why the heck are you in business then, right? You're just killing yourself. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of telling ourselves that story, right? That, that that's yeah. not really. And I, one other thing that I wrote down, I think is really helpful beyond just the sort of going through the whys is getting super clear on your business as far as like, what is it that you need to focus on and do that really well? So a lot of times, and I did this for years is I would just like try all the things I would get mm -hmm. every free download and I would work, try to work with, you know, I was like, so distracted by just trying to find the answers and just throw spaghetti against the wall and like what sticks and, and like find a coach or mentor that you trust and work with them for yeah. a significant amount of time and, um, focus on one thing that you want to create in your work for that six months and focus on that. And then just keep asking yourself, is this a distraction? Is this a distraction? Cause I, I guarantee you a lot of that is that's exactly what you're working on. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that makes a lot of sense, that focus. And, and I was going to interject and say it, and you said it, the challenge is that when we get started in business, certainly we don't know any better. And so we're, we're flailing to a big extent. And that's why getting help, a coach, a mentor, multiple coaches is such an important investment uh, starting out. And even if you're an existing business owner, I think. Oh yeah. I I've always had a mentor and a coach and I, I always will. I think it's, it can be a lonely place. And even if you feel pretty good in it, there's always, there's always value in being guided in some way, or at least having a mirror in front of you. Right. Oh, Cause we, it's very hard to be your own mirror. But. That's correct. That's correct. All right. Let's talk about one of the exciting things, which is this new online program that you have and are offering called spark society. Give me a brief introduction as to what this is. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about this. So this is literally the culmination of 20 years of my coaching work and yoga trainings work. And it's, um, like I said, I've created shorter four to six week programs forever. And I've did them in my studio and I've done them online and they're always really impactful, but I've always wanted to work more like I do with my one-on-one clients where, so this is going to be a four month commitment and we work each month, we have one focus. And so like one month is simplicity, which sounds silly, right? Like, well, why would cleaning out my house help me? Well, it's not just about cleaning out your house. There's a lot of different things, but what I'm able to do in each focused month is have a bunch of different things people could work on. And then I have one-on-one times and weekly check-ins and accountability with each person so that I can help tailor it to like, what is it that you need? So if I'm working with a business owner, I'm obviously going to be giving them very different things to work on than, you know, a stay-at-home mom. And so it's awesome, but you also get like the power I feel of a lot of the work I do is in the group. And so um, connecting with people, having accountability, sharing, right. Just knowing you're not alone in it. It's, it's just so awesome. So if you can probably hear in my voice, like I love this work because, um, if you do it, it will change your life. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's impactful. And so you've touched on a little bit, but who ideally is it for? Well, you know, (laughs) that's, it's so hard to say, I I know I have this, you know, as I'm supposed to, I have an avatar and my avatar (laughs) is, you know, uh, what I call the high achieving superwoman who generally is, you know, high up in her career or, you know, well-established in her business and uh, sometimes a mom, sometimes not, but like, I just had someone sign up that that's a man, you know? And so like, it it really is for, I would say high achieving humans, right. Who have, um, it's not for the person who is sitting at home and doing nothing and not working and not like living. It's the, for the person that's essentially putting a lot of their time and effort into other people and other things. And they've gotten, they've gotten, they put themselves bought. What I always say is they put themselves on the bottom of the to-do list and they're at a point where they're like enough, you know? (laughs) No, I get it. And as it related to business, it could be someone who is that person who's busy with everything else and is contemplating starting a business, or it could be somebody who's already done that. And that's one of the other things like we've talked about in this conversation that they're managing. And so I think it applies to both either someone who's planning to start a business, as well as an existing small business owner, you, you've had a mix of those clients, right? Oh, yeah. And I love working with entrepreneurs, because I'll tell you a lot of health and wellness coaches, life coaches have no idea what it's like, exactly um, to be in like, you know, they're like enlightened and, you know, <laughs> meditating. Yeah, no, it's such and- a great point. We get a bit again. And I think to me, it's like, yeah, you have no idea 
what it's like to start a business, but you can speak to it directly, you know, so you, in part, you can call my BS on it. That's the part of it as well, right? It's like, Henry, I, I've done that. I've created a successful business and a mom and a husband and a wife at the same time, right? So don't, I know what that's like. And you know, firsthand the challenges that are unique to that situation. Absolutely. And I think like if you, if you, a lot of business coaches are going to focus on the business and they themselves haven't done a lot of this personal work. And so I love the combination of the two. That's why I love, you know, I love working with entrepreneurs and people that are high up in corporate because we can really take those two worlds, so to speak, and make them, make them into one. And, you know, a lot of people will say like work-life balance and the way that I shift it is life work balance. And it's not, it's not 50, 50 in the way that people think, right. They mm -hmm. picture scale and they're like, work is here and life is here and it should be even. And it's like, no, it, again, we have to dig deep. And that's what I help you do is figure out what you want. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And then how do we create that? And it's going to look and feel completely different to everyone, depending on what they want. And so I think like, it's really important to strip back the expectations of anyone else and shut all that out and really look at what do I want? Yeah. Love it. I also love that, of course, as always, we have a special offer for the How a Business listeners. So tell us about that. Yeah. So for the four-month program, um, this it's called Spark Society. And the reason it's called that is, as Henry knows, he helped yep. me launch my first online, I know my first coaching program, I don't know, it was like 20... 10, maybe a little before that <laughs> called spark. And right. so it's really a nod to that. And the society is, you know, just the mastermind connection of a group, which I just love. Um, and so I'm offering your listeners 20% off. And so I do all of my work and signing up and all that stuff over one-to-one -one calls right now that may shift who knows, but, um, so you just have to tell me that you heard, heard about it here and I'll give you 20% off the program. Absolutely. Great discount opportunity, 20% off this program. So again, what Angela does is she has an initial consultation, make sure it's a fit for both sides and to chat a little bit more about what it entails and what, what the commitment needs to be. And so that's the first thing to do. I'll have a link on the show notes page of this episode at thehowabusiness.com that links to her page. And that's where you can schedule a call with her. And that's the first step. And listen, at a minimum, you're going to get value out of, of a, out of a chat with Angela. So, so take her up on that offer and then see if this might be a great fit for you. And then also remember the free download. There'll be a link for that as well. That's that setting healthy boundaries, free download. I encourage you to get that as well. Yeah. All and right. that, that bound, Oh, sorry. That, no, that no, guide is, is really a lot of the stuff we haven't talked about here. So it will be helpful for you all. It's not like put your phone away. It's actually just five questions to ask yourself every time. Um, either someone asks you to do something or you're trying to decide if you should. So it's a really good kind of inner work, um, deal, you know? Yeah. I love and, that. Yeah. That's a and tool then, really. It's, it's a good, valuable tool that you're offering there. Yeah. I mean, it really has changed a lot of people's perspective and the way that they operate when they decide things, but also going back to the call, just know that I am not like a hardcore, I'm a yogi y'all. So um, <laughs> I'm not a hardcore salesperson. I actually no. don't offer the program to people who I don't think I can help or it's not the right time for them. And so I just don't, I know sometimes sales calls can feel I, I mean, it's a clarity call just to get clarity on, can I help you? And it, would this be a good fit? And sometimes it's yes. And sometimes it's no, but That's I just, right. I just like to say that because the idea of a sales call can be just like, ah. 
oh, icky, you know? Yeah, no, no, I get it. I'm, thank you for clarifying that. I, you know, I take the same approach on my calls where most of them don't turn into coaching opportunities for me. Most of them is hopefully I've, we've gotten to know each other. They're listeners of the show. Uh, just like they've listened to you share your story here and we get to connect. I get to help them a little bit on that call. And then if it's a fit, it's a fit. It may not be, it may not be right now. And so that's all good as well. Yeah. All right. I'm always interested in book recommendations. The last times you were on the show, you recommended The Four Agreements, a great book. And also then the next time you were on, you recommended Journey to the Heart. Is there another book that you would recommend to us? Yes, of course. You know, being in my my yogi um, background as well, this this is a book that I became obsessed with. And that's what led me to this breath coach training is, and it's called breath and or is it breath or breathe? Now I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's called author? breath. It's called breath and it's by James Nestor. And it's not your, what you might think of as like teaching you how to breathe yogi book. It is fascinating. I think it's on the New York times bestseller list and has been for a while. And uh, just read it. It is, you will be so fascinated by the way our body operates and some of the most simple things that you can do to get better sleep. And, and it's not, it's not anything like you think I, I can't even really describe it. It's just, I thought it was an incredibly interesting book. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Thank you for that. Recommendation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out now. Yeah. That was my, yeah. I want you to yeah. read it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I will. All right, we'll start to, or we will wrap this up. I, I like to do so by asking you what one thing you want us to take away, Angela, from this conversation we had about setting boundaries between our, you know, our personal lives and our businesses. What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation? I think the biggest thing is for you to get crystal clear on what you want to create for your life. And I mean, the whole picture right? For your life, like your legacy, like when you're 80 years old and sitting in the chair with your loved one and you look back, right? Um, and then know why you're doing what you're doing. And then all your decisions coming from that, that place. I love that. I'm such a big believer in that. Because again, as we've touched on in this conversation, it's what then allows me to ask. And I, I often as a coach ask my clients, is this business or this iteration of your business that you're in right now, is it serving that purpose? Is it helping you get to that, that goal of what you want that life to look like? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you download the boundaries guide, it'll start to get you thinking through a lot of that when you make your everyday decisions, because it's hard in the moment. Um, we're so trained to just say yes to things. Um, and even if you are trained to say no to things, like you just want to get clear on why. And just one more note, in case you missed the beginning, I, all of my messaging is around women. Don't be offended, men. It does not mean you're not invited. I just that's have to right. say that because I was forced to put an avatar down, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I get it. Let's, that's why I'm listening. And I understand. Yeah. All right. Tell us where you want us to go online to learn more about you. So everything is at my website. It's super easy. AngelaWagner.com. And Wagner is spelled... W-A-G-N-E-R. And the boundaries guide is AngelaWagner.com slash boundaries. Perfect. Excellent. Angela, once again, another great conversation. Thanks for coming back on the show and sharing all this knowledge with us. Thanks for having me, Henry. This is Henry Lopez. And thanks for joining me on this episode of The How of Business. My guest today again was Angela Wagner. I release new episodes every Monday morning. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
and at my website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.